Attention, everyone. This is not an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you're about to experience coming from your computer or iPod or whatever else you plug into the KaijuCast is nothing but supplemental material. This is not a full episode, so enjoy it if you must. If you don't like it, no problem. No harm, no foul. I'll have a new episode up for you at the end of uh, February. But this is basically the unedited Dekaiju discussion of Godzilla Final Wars. I'm sitting here with my very first guests I ever had on the show. We've got Martin, Jody, Jeff, and Cindy all sitting here talking about Godzilla Final Wars because we actually just finished watching it. And for one of us here, it was the first time we'd seen it. For another, it was the second. And I've seen it like six times at least, but... uh, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on the movie? <laughs> Anyone can start. Anyone at all. No, Godzilla Final Wars is, I mean, it, it's fun. It's, you know, not my favorite for sure, especially of the, you know, this latest series. It's just kind of like they threw everything into it. You know what I mean? It's very frenetic, very fast-paced. And uh, I don't know. I, I th- For me, it's like there's too much of the alien stuff going on. It's like you, you wait almost like 55, 60 minutes before you even see Godzilla make an appearance. You know what I mean? After the first appearance. Yeah, after that first little tease. But at least they give you a tease. They give you a tease, yeah. But it seems like it's kind of like there's a lot of the aliens and a lot of, you know, Matrix-influenced fighting. and. You know, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, what movies, while I was watching it, I was, like, saying, well, what movie am I seeing here? I think, like, the villain... The lead alien, he has to be influenced by David Bowie and Labyrinth. Oh, there you go. That's one I definitely had not thought of. Yeah, I just kind of thought with the eyebrows and his hair and his long coat. Yeah. <laughs> He's just missing the giant cod piece. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I thought it's a lot of fun. You know, it's it's definitely uh, you know, a kick in the pants. I would say. I think uh, that. I would definitely describe the movie as a fun movie and it's def you know, it's over the top. Definitely has like you said, a lot of frenetic action and it's just really just a lot of stuff is being put in there. Just well it's kinda nice because this one they picked uh you know the director, Kitamura. Mm-hmm. He did a versus. Did you ever see that Japanese? Yep. And it's the same same style. Very kinda like almost Sam Raimi ish inspired where the camera's moving like almost constantly. In every shot. Almost. There's a lot of static shots, though. But I guess that's not something new to the Godzilla series, especially in the Millennium series, it seemed to me. There were a lot of, like, camera sits there and waits for action to happen, whether or not it happens, and then they they still put it in the movie. So what's your overall opinion? Because I know this one, among a lot of fans, is like, especially casual fans, it was like their favorite. Uh, this is not my favorite, but um, <clears throat> I can I can really appreciate it now. Whereas when I first saw the movie, um, I was really disappointed in it. But that was because that was primarily because everything in the Millennium series that had led up to that was such a vast improvement over the previous movie. So as you, with some mi- just a mild exception between GMK and Godzilla X Mecha Godzilla. So there I didn't think there was vast improvement just because you know GMK to me was such a great movie, but 
you know, just in general, Godzilla 2000, Mega Gears, and then GMK, and then Mecha Godzilla, and then Tokyo SOS. It's just like things kept getting better and better and better. And then Final Wars happened, and it was just such a crazy, bizarre smorgasbord of Godzilla stuff and uh, Toho influenced and other influenced like homages that it, it kind of it didn't fall flat, but it disappointed. Martin. Well, I I wanted to uh, echo Jeff's idea of the lead alien i totally thought he was the goblin king especially when when it went all dragon ball z at the end and and his hair like all freaks out and stuff that i mean he that was totally that he was yeah that i thought he was the goblin king right there there without a doubt so um i uh i can't say that i really uh, appreciated this one very much as as some of the others <coughs> and um uh, there's um I I've actually been rather confused since Destroya, because Destroya is like one that splits off into like a bunch of um, crazy crabby type of running around monsters, but then they like reform back up. It's like some kind of uh, weird uh, um, shoot. What was the heck? What, what was the name of the um, the the robot with the people in it, and they they would all like all the vehicles would attach themselves together. Uh, and Voltron. Voltron, yeah, it was like Monster Voltron thing, and uh, yeah. So when Monster X all of a sudden like kicks it into turbo at, at what should be its its doom, and it's like splitting itself into three heads and growing giant feet and big tail and doing all this, and I'm like, well, why didn't you just do the Transformer thing a little while ago before you got your butt kicked like? <laughs> I have to be stomped before I can do this. <laughs> I think, actually, uh, you guys can correct me if you didn't think this was the case, but I think that what happened was the the lead ex-alien sort of transferred what was left of his power into Monster X, and that's how he became... Well, and in case you don't know, it wasn't just Ghidra, it was Kaiser Ghidra. That's the name of the creature. So I think that's what happened in the movie. At least that's what I saw happen. But uh, so wait a minute, I'm confused. I thought that was Monster X was the one that then goes three headed. Yeah, Monster X is the version of the monster when he's uh, bipedal, mm-hmm. and then he turns into Kaiser Ghidra. Oh, okay, turns into Kaiser Ghidra. Yeah, I, I miss that because everybody knows that the most awesome Godzilla opponent of all time is King Ghidra. King Ghidra. So. It- well jeff i mean jeff knows it's mothra but (laughs) i thought it was more of a he kind of lost control over the monster and then it transformed because he like released all of his powers but he also like self-destructed so it it seemed like it was more of a i have mental control over this and that control is gone and so suddenly it goes into i am suddenly ghidra and it was this and to me, it kind of seemed random because Ghidra, I thought, was an Earth monster. <laughs> no, no, he's not actually. That's that's okay. from GMK. That, okay. That movie is confusing in its own right, but <laughs> the um, yeah, that's actually interesting that you say it that way. That he lost control over Monster X, and when so when Monster X turned into something else, it was because he was being held back. That's kind of what I thought, because he made this big old point about how 
we are Kaiser. We have this telepathic like control over this, that, and the other thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess the only thing I would argue against that would be that that they did actually name it Kaiser Ghidra. So, but you know, on a side note, did you guys know that uh, they brought in a lot of different designers for this movie too? They br- along with other stuff, but they had. Uh, Nirasawa, Yasushi Nirasawa, who designs the uh, Nina Guillotina stuff, and he did uh, the Zerum characters. And uh, what else did he do? Moon Over Tau. He did the designs from that. Anyway, they brought him in, and he designed, uh, I think, Gigan. I think Gigan was from his design. And then Katsuya Terada did Monster X and Kaiser Ghidra. So both two, two Japanese artists who are pretty well known in anime circles and and Japanese fan circles, otaku's stuff like that. And when I first saw the costumes for the aliens, the original leader with the dark glasses and the bald head, took one look at his collar. It's just like the collar from the original Ghidra film. Oh, Monster the Zero. Yeah, yep. yeah. That yeah. was wh- I was like the first thing I thought of was, tell me they did not give them those shoes. <laughs> with the big curly toes. If I see those shoes, I'm stopping the movie right here. I'm not watching it. <laughs> oh, but man, that would have been another homage they could have used. And how many people would have caught that? Uh, just the hardcores, I think. Just the hardcores. But, you know, the, the movie had, like, I counted, and this is just homages. So, you know, forget about the fact that Rodan was in the movie. I'm not going to say that they're nodding toward, towards Rodan, the movie, but... They had Gorath in there because that was the name of the star coming down, which is the same thing as the original movie Gorath. And then they had the Atragon, which is the Kaite Gungan Gotengo. And uh, Destroy All Monsters, where you've got a bunch of monsters who are being controlled by the aliens and sent out to destroy the world. Uh, Monster Zero, of course, which we just talked about. In uh, versus Gigan, I thought would sort of there was something there where the aliens were calling Monster X to the planet just like they called uh, Gigan to Earth to help destroy people. (laughs) You know, to help kill things. Because Gigan's not very nice. (laughs) And then even uh, Godzilla raids again, too, because, you know, they entombed him in ice at the end of that movie. So, Martin, what, what did you not like about the movie? Um, well, I, I really appreciated the fact that they tried to have so many of the monsters in there. And, and uh, um, I, I guess it was just like the, the all of the random threads, like the things that just didn't finish out. And it was really cool that they had the homages, but it was it was um, I, I don't know if it was just written in. It's like, get this one in there, get this one in there, like, you know, get those in there and, and not worry about it because like uh, Minya's in there we have a mountain man and a boy and Minya and there's no lead in to any of that. And there's, and we don't really like follow them. They don't really do much of anything. And you know, like you were saying at the end, what, what a convenience, you know, they, the mountain man in his buckskins drives up in his, <laughs> in his mule and, you know, happens to be there at the very end. But it was, um, it was just odd things like that. There was, you know, there was just lots of things that I couldn't follow. Well, there's no such thing as a coincidence in real life, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, just they, they all just happen to be there yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, I think 
I think that a lot of that stuff could be lost on a lot of people, those homages. And um, I know that Kitamura, as a director, uh, was very popular at the time they chose him to do this film. And I, I don't remember if it was he wanted to do a Godzilla movie really badly or Toho was just looking for some fresh blood. But I know that his favorite movies are the 70s movies, which are, you know, like Gigan, the Smog Monster, um, Megalon. And the, those movies are, are known for being awkward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, they're also known for uh, not having such a great overall effect. And I well, think and that sort of came came through... But I don't know if that's what he intended. I don't think he intended his movie to be so so bizarre that it just didn't didn't mm-hmm. fit well. Was that the smog monster? There, there's one where some kind of gelatinous thing comes down, and then another thing pokes it in the eye. And that that was the smog monster. That was the that smog was monster. Yeah. See, and and having not seen that, I don't know if that's from another Godzilla movie or another. So I mean, it was yeah, it was just like this thing like comes shooting down from the sky, and then this giant main lobster stabs it in the eye, and then and then they get blammied by a giant Godzilla laser, and it goes boom boom, you know, domino effect into a couple of buildings, and it's over. And I don't know who that is. Yeah. So it, it was. I was left kind of you know wondering, you know, what was what was the deal with that. Yeah, I mean, I think this one was totally made for the fans. I mean, just by throwing in all that stuff with yeah. no really explanation, I think they just decided, you know, this is supposedly going to be the last one. That's what they say, anyways. You know. Yeah. Well, I think they but say that, but <coughs> they they also tacked on like until we find somebody that can really put some new life life into Godzilla and like really take it to the next level which I agree with I mean as a as a, a sec, as an executive decision on Toho's part I think that in general to- Godzilla has gotten sort of stale for Japan and it's and the people who go to see these movies too including myself I mean I love them and I'll go see a Godzilla movie regardless because I'm such a crazy fan but I can definitely accept that as as these movies continue to go on, the 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 luster is wearing off. I just kind of wonder if this one, they decided to throw everything in because it's you know they said it's going to be the last one. They're going to throw every monster that, you know, they didn't throw every monster in, but all the majority of the the main ones. It's funny they didn't really have very many of the ones from like the Heisei series, the newer monsters. They just kind of left them out. Again, I think that's another another nod that Kitamura did is he probably didn't want any of the Heisei monsters in there. They just wanted the, the classics. Well, you know, a lot of the Heisei monsters were redos anyway. You know, you Mothra's, Gidra, yeah. you know, uh, even Mechagodzilla and Rodan were all in the Heisei series. And isn't it true that the, mo- the more popular ones recently were the ones that where they had, you know, the classic villains, basically? And, like, the ones where they introduced the new monsters, you know, like Megagirus and, like, in Godzilla 2000, weren't nearly as popular with the fans, right? I uh, I'm not I'm not really sure that I could can say yes or no based on just what I know. The I know that that Megagirus, I mean, just as a monster, isn't as strong as someone like King Ghidra, but I don't think I liked him any any less or any more than say I don't know just Baragon. Yeah, yeah. you know. I just thought, like, with the newer series, um, 
because after Megaguirus, they just they just started recycling all the old ones again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think like, that I don't think that Toho's ever going to really get out of that mentality. Well, yeah, because I think that's what it, those are recognizable foes for Godzilla. You know, they can keep marketing figures and stuff, and people will buy them. Yeah, <laughs> you but know? you could also say that they're using that as an extra hook to get people into the theater too. So. Somebody says, "Oh, I remember when I was a kid. I went and saw Monster Zero and, or you know, Mothra, and that's that's going to help bring them in, perhaps." Yeah, they did a lot of things to try and get more people into the theaters. You see that poster right there from Tokyo SOS, and that poster right there from GMK. They have the little tiny Hamtaro strips on the bottom. That's because they coupled those movies with kids' cartoons, like little mini double feature thing and uh, that did not work that didn't really didn't boost the sales of, of godzilla tickets too much competition pokemon and stuff you know it's like <laughs> i i think that it's you know it was a good idea for them to put a stop to the godzilla series until somebody can come along and do something better you know what i thought would have been a better ending film for the series was uh GMK. I think that would have been like the perfect ending for the series. Because that's almost like a standalone movie, you know what I mean? And it kind of has all the classic monsters reunited. Now, don't don't spoil that for Martin. He hasn't oh, seen it. Oh, that's right. I don't want to. Okay, never mind. You can see, yeah. 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 He can see how it would be a great ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's just my personal opinion. But I was going to say some things that I didn't like about it. Um, it and they seem like I shouldn't care about these things because I love the older movies so much. But like the human dialogue is so it's a little too unbelievable for me. Like there's some things that they say to each other that specifically and I can I think I might be blaming this a little bit on the Japanese English translation stuff with Gordon. But Don Fry's lines Forget about the delivery. Just what he's saying sometimes just doesn't make too much sense to me. <laughs> I was interested in why they decided to do like a few moments of in- of English crossover. Why have it all in in Japanese and and you know, all, all of a sudden you've got this one character who's interacting conversationally with people in English. And I I really was curious at what that choice was. You mean Don Fryer? Are you talking about the because? The Kazuma. Yeah, during the fight scene, every now and then somebody would throw in a, yeah, and there would just be a line that would be thrown in or a word that would be thrown in, and I and I was really curious why that was. Okay, well the, the real reason, is because Americans are freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, that's sort of a joke, but it, it I mean, you it kind of is true. I mean. I know I sounded like a huge jerk when I said that just then, but um, that that's something you see in, I, I think, all the movies. Uh, in Monster Zero, when people went and saw that in the theater, Nick Adams actually spoke English, and they had him subtitled. And he was speaking English to everyone, and they just understood him. Um, but even aside from that, you'll see things happen in English that are still subtitled. It just, I think it does actually give these movies a little more of a grandiose over the globe sort of feel to add some English lines to them. 
So if you're talking about Don Fry and his his interaction where he's speaking English and people are speaking Japanese around him, I'd say that's that's sort of the reason. You know, they did the same thing with Nick Adams and Monster Zero, and they did the same thing with Chewbacca and <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and uh, but if you're talking about you know like where the guy's on top of a beer and he's like, sorry. I'm a vegetarian. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I think that's just because it sounds cool. You yeah. know, it's very dirty, hairy kind of one-liner stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was really curious about how, what the decision was in that. And um, and even having just like that, the, is the guy that was in that, the, the Captain Gordon character, the guy who plays him, you you said that he was somebody famous, and I don't remember who it was. Like, is that that's Don Fry? Don Fry. So, and he's in he's an MMA fighter. Or if you don't know who Don Fry is, he's gonna come to your house. And <laughs> now Don Fry, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> that wasn't him though. And then punch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you go. You're a vegetarian. Yeah. He <laughs> um. That, well, I wondered if he was actually famous in uh, in Japan, which is why he was a, a person that was cast as that character. The, I mean, there there are some people that have careers that are very much outside of America. So I wondered. I think that Ruhei Kitamura is a fan of the Ultimate Fighting, and that's why he's probably in there. And to add that whole Arnold Schwarzenegger type character to the to the to the film, and like a he's probably like a C or D grade star here. He's a he's like an A list star over there, right? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I don't think he lives. He doesn't live over there. Yeah, but people know who he is, right? I think some people know who he is, and that's what counts. Yeah, you think they could have got somebody better? He just, you know, he couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> I've seen worse in Godzilla movies. Oh, I've brother. seen much much worse in Godzilla movies. Godzilla versus King Ghidra. All the Caucasians <laughs> in that movie don't even have. You can't pool their acting skills together enough to fill what Don Fry has in his mustache. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's got he's got quite the stash going on. I'm sure they cast him just for his very American stash. I know, I know, there. I'm jealous. Um, you know, one thing we didn't touch upon is the uh, appearance of the American Godzilla. Yeah, we who, didn't. Who, who makes that. a kind of brief appearance and then gets dispatched? Yeah, r- really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, not not only does he get his butt kicked, but he gets his butt kicked to the to the music stylings of some 41. Yeah, and it's kind of like he he's the only uh creature that's like all CG too, right? Isn't he like all CG in that? I think he he is all CG. And I think he is the only creature in this film that's all CG. Yeah. But I have to say um, one of the things that I was actually really impressed with was the, in general, was the CG work in this. And I'm not talking about the matte CG stuff where, like, Gigan's flying around because I did not like that. Um, I'm talking about, like, Kamakaris, the, the praying mantis-looking monster. I thought that was fantastic. And I, if it were my decision, I wouldn't have asked the monster um, suit makers to do a Kermacaris suit, I would have just said, let's do them all CGI. There's no need to have, like... I mean, there's one one scene where he's, like, banging up on one of the ships, and there's really no need to not have that entire thing be CGI, in my opinion, except for the fact that you have real explosions happening on that, that prop. 
So do you know the reason of the history why they threw in the American Godzilla as just kind of like a joke? Well, it's to like to make the fans like go, you know, yeah, have for the, a, have like a great you said laugh. before, for the fans. I mean, yeah. everybody. I'm sure that got like a huge. I'm sure everyone's got that got a huge roar. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we had, yeah. you know, we saw it at the at the Chinese theater at the yeah. premiere, and yeah. that I mean, there's no, no contest. That was like probably one of the biggest huzzas thrown out by the crowd, and everybody knew it was coming. What was it called? A huzzah. A huzzah. <laughs> If you ever you, heard that term before? <laughs> you don't <laughs> hang out with me enough, sir. <laughs> I've heard you huzzah. Have not, oh, brother. I think that's what we all said. We all said huzzah. <laughs> I was I was actually going to make a Halo reference. I was surprised that Godzilla didn't, you know, do the do the Master Chief move over the top of the <laughs> the Hollywood Godzilla. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I think Jody knows. Back to user-appropriate content. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about on this? I have my question for you. You can't dodge that. What question was that? My question for you is, you you were talking about breathing new life into the series. What is breathing new life into it for you? Oh, I, I think that uh, in order to breathe new life into the series, there would have to be uh, someone who came up with not just a new movie, with a new script, but like a new direction for an entire series. And it would have to be well thought out and it would have to be something that they spend a lot of time on and they, you know, getting it right before they go into production. That's what I would say. But when you say getting it right, like, w is that up for interpretation? What, because I'm, uh, and uh, I guess I am looking for specifics on there. When you say getting it right, does that mean rubber suit, CGI, no CGI, little CGI, still got the, the models on the ground, not the models on the ground? Yeah, okay, so I, I would love to keep the suitmation involved. However, like when I say getting it right, I, I actually mean it literally, like getting it right. You see any kind of CGI Godzilla stuff, it's not right. There's something off about it. Even the suit stuff, there's something off about it. In Tokyo SOS, uh, you know, there's there are scenes when everything looks like it's just about to be super awesome, but like Godzilla doesn't move enough, and you know, just it, it's a it's a fault of the actual technology built into those suits. The same thing can be said for CGI. There's just it doesn't look right sometimes. If they can do it so it looks right, that's great. And I would be open to that. I personally would love it if Godzilla would keep the certain, you know, the same shape he's sort of got in the Japanese films, you know, where he looks like Godzilla. But, I mean, this is like, it is all uh, open to interpretation and not, there can't be one be all end all path that Godzilla gets taken down that everybody's going to go, wow, that was amazing. You know, it's got to something's something's got to happen to to make Godzilla a good series again. You know, to make it an enjoyable for people in Japan, make it enjoyable for people around the world. And it'd be nice if somebody could just not just one person, maybe like just a team of people come up with a really good direction. Don't you think the technology is already here? 
It's just they got to want to spend the the money to do it. Because if you think of wh- like what they did, like with uh, um, King Kong, you know, when they made Kong look, I mean, he looked pretty realistic. I thought in that film. Yeah. And they could do the same thing with Godzilla, but Toho's going to want to spend a lot of money on a budget to pull off effects like that. Well, I think a director would want to spend a lot of money on an, on you know getting some sort of massive budget behind a CGI effect driven movie and it's going to be Toho that's going to pull them back and say we can't spend that kind of money because we're not going to get that kind of money back. I mean the movie industry is an industry, you know, yeah. it's it's if you if you how about this? Check this out. This is going to be awesome. Godzilla Final Wars cost insert number here when I know it to make and it only made insert number here when I know it. That's that's not so great. That's a am- <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But what if it is great? Now you got to have that. No, no, it's too. not. It's, it's it's not. It did not make its money back. Yeah. Not even in Japan. No, not even yeah. Double if you think about it like it really only played in Japan. Yeah. I mean, that's the only place it could make its money back because there was no international Massive international release. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just was kind of thinking back. You were talking about the whole new direction and how to breathe new life into it. You also have to look kind of at the social structure of the various countries, like Japan being the main audience, but wanting to spread it out to the world. And um, I've read, like, been reading some papers and stuff, in school it's reading about zombies actually and they were talking about (laughs) the social commentary behind godzilla they were actually comparing it um how when godzilla came into existence it was all about how to prevent world war the whole bombings hiroshima and that was like kind of the background when godzilla was created and how a lot of the popular movies today are more about the fear of we've gone too far we create a plague that destroys all of us and that seems to be a common theme among zombies and how they're created and so it'd be interesting to see what direction a director could take Godzilla to recapture the interest of the social network around their audiences you know yeah definitely and so if anybody out there is listening and thinking about making Godzilla movie take that into consideration I know that the chances are small that the next Godzilla director is listening to my show but okay (laughs) good good by the way i've got somebody who'd really like to be on the creative director director oh i I already have my designer planned out (laughs) right no but jody's right and the and the the immediate thing that i thought of when you said that is the american hollywood godzilla that's basically like this thing shows up it wreaks a bunch of havoc they do all this stuff and 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 there's another one. What? Uh, oh yeah, Cloverfield. Like the just the pointless monster meandering around, crunching a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, there there really isn't anything. And and I and I wasn't a giant fan of of the Cloverfield thing as well. And and so that's something that I'd like to see as well in a Godzilla one. Like. Like going back to it, I guess there was an environmentally conscious, you know, idea of what our nuclear ambitions had done, and that was what spawned Godzilla. And and uh, I don't know. I think that same kind of a thread, like something like that, would be really good. 
Don't you think that with Cloverfield, the point was because it's all like first person. It's all like a Godzilla movie. It's basically like a Godzilla movie from your perspective being stuck in there. Like if something was coming, you wouldn't really care about why it was here or what's going on. I mean, the point of that is like, you know, survival. I thought the point of Cloverfield was that YouTube is killing the world. <laughs> but you know you know what I mean? It's like the it's like Cloverfield has like it's like it's not really trying to pr- portray a message. It's just trying to like serve, you know, the it's it's key is like for your survival. You know what I mean? So do you guys think that a Godzilla movie needs a message? I think that's what originally drew such a huge crowd is it was a huge worry in the culture at the time it was created. It's funny because all the Godzilla movies, especially the ones in the 70s and stuff, always have like this, you know, very either environmental message or whatever. And this one doesn't have any message at all. I think it's kind of hard to put the story together if you're not really like if you blink for a minute, you're like, what just happened? Where where did they come from? I don't understand what's going on. You know, like the first time I watched it, I got confused several times throughout the movie. Yeah, if you're not, I think if you're not a big Godzilla fan and you are not familiar with the monsters, that can be confusing. It cuts back and forth a lot. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a message with the, the one character, the mutant who becomes a Kaiser, and that the idea is that you, you're not predestined to become something just because of your genetics or you know it's you make your own choice but that's kind of only the only message and that's one character amongst all of this chaos that's going on around him yeah and they did say that a couple times I, yeah good yeah. good call Sydney. so we have a message and, well and they and they did reference the the nuclear thing when grizzly adams and and uh you know <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit were out there hanging out. <laughs> you know, when they, <laughs> they they did reference it, the Mountain Man had said something about, you know, where Godzilla came from and made just a quick note about it. But, you know, that actually, I took a note on that myself because I thought that was one of the things that I I don't actually think I've ever caught before in the movie. He says burned that. Burned all the. F- yeah. The reason Godzilla's angry because mankind started a bunch of fires that burned all of his friends. And he's and never that was forgiven it. him. That was like all he said about it. And it's just like, I'm trying to think back. What are we talking about? Are we talking about <laughs> another movie that's happened? Are we talking about mankind destroyed the dinosaurs? What are we, what is the point of saying that? And then not, of course, he doesn't follow it up, which is, you know, exactly the kind of thing I would expect from this movie that's just so haphazard and so... It's like ADD. The whole film is just like yeah, everything's just like thrown at you so fast, and just I I would normally say the word disjointed, but I think actually I would say I'm gonna make up a word, maybe misjointed. Like I think that they're connecting things, and while they they connect point A to point B with this little bridge in between, that little bridge doesn't necessarily fit right there, and it's doesn't help the story along you know uh people do fan edits of movies you could completely remove the entire menia part of that movie not to mention you could remove the giant fight scene at the beginning of the movie you could definitely cut down half the fight scene on the bikes for sure you know there's 
And this is a long movie. This movie clocks in at like over two hours, which is a first for a Godzilla movie. You could take the bike scene and like kind of pluck that out and have it be the ending for another movie. Like it just didn't really seem to fit with what you think a Godzilla movie is. You know? Yeah, actually, you know what I thought about when I was watching the bike fight scene this time? I was thinking, man, those are some really strong shoes that guy is wearing. <laughs> You could take the fight scene out of that, especially, well, you know, the part where they're like one guy's riding the bike, the other guy's holding on and being pulled or pushed by the bike and say, Skechers, the all new Kazumi shoe. Wheelies. I was kind of su- <laughs> surprised there was no smoke coming off the rubber like of his shoes and he was just fine. Yeah, able to get up and start kicking, you know, I was like, okay. If he kicks him, is it going to leave, like, this hot, nasty <laughs> mess on Goop. the dude's face? <laughs> the, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. There's a little too much stuff going on in this movie. I think we all agree about that. This is, in, and what disappointed me about this film when I saw it is I felt that while this movie was over the top and it had a lot of great stuff in it, the the tone of the millennium series was very, very serious. You watch these movies. They're as serious as a Godzilla film can get. Uh, you saw Tokyo SOS Martin, you know, that's not, that's not something that there's a lot of jokes in. There might be a few jokes peppered in here and there, but nothing that's like overly cheesy on purpose for laughs. And the same thing can be said for just about all those other movies in the millennium series. And then they end it with something that's just, I mean, it's an insane movie. And that was what was disappointing to me. It's like the whole Millennium series was being taken seriously. Godzilla was being taken seriously. And while there were flaws, I felt that it was a step in the right direction. Like I was saying before, everything was improving and improving and improving. And then Godzilla Final Wars was just sort of not not doing it for me. Do you think they decided to do something different because it's you know they said it's going to be the last one they're going to get kind of a name director this time and he's just going to have his vision and do whatever whatever he wants and I think yeah. this is a little bit of an exercise of style over substance I think they probably wrote a script and they're just kind of like well everything does we don't have to explain everything the fans will like it and we'll, it, we'll just make it look and sound really cool I think it's very possible that they did that are very, very possible. I think once they had signed Kitamura onto the project, I I think there was very little quality control going on. Uh, it's as far as you know, how how are we going to make these things happen? How are we going to take it from point A to point B to point C, and and keep it cohesive throughout the whole thing? Also, I think you're absolutely right. They they decided to do this and say do whatever you want almost. And, I mean, it's got this whole sort of, like, spare-no-expense feel about the movie where you have, you know, those the fight scene in the oil refinery where Ibira is attacking, the you know, the lobster shrimp creature is attacking. I don't actually know what he's attacking except for the, the buildings. And then the mutants come in and they, they try to subdue him. That thing was huge. Did you see all the trucks they wrecked for that thing? That was just yeah, like vans flipping giant over. Giant explosions going off everywhere. It's crazy. It's a lot of explosions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just one 
one instance in that movie where I think things were just like so big and so over the top. It's just kind of like, let's do it. And plus, it looks so drastically different than any, any other Godzilla movie with all the filters that they use and you know pushing and. Uh, I, I actually like that. Stuff. That's some of the some of the stuff that I like about this movie is it's while they are taking it in you know to the extreme, it does look good. You know those explosions don't look silly. They don't have a bunch of stupid little miniature sparks coming out yeah, of this them. They look to be great. The highest budget they've <laughs> they've ever had for a Godzilla film. Definitely. Well, and so like you said, you know, all those explosions and everything, that was awesome work. And there was some really, really technical stuff that they pulled off there. They had rigs that were coming up that were flipping up in the air. They had guys scattering. They had rubble coming down. They had giant flameworks going on. And I was like, wow, that's really awesome. Wait a minute. What? Who are these people? Because we're we're at a distance seeing this thing. And he's like going through the part of the city and then into this refinery area. And all of a sudden, we're at ground level, in, and we've got rigs flying all over the place. we got people scattering all over. And I'm like, I don't even know who these guys are. You know, why are, we, why are they even there? Yeah, I think and, it's uh, character development. I mean, character development in this movie is kind of low. Yeah. Unless you're talking about four, you know, three or four people in the movie. But, you know, the same could be said for that group, too, the, the equivalent of the JSDF, which is Japanese Self-Defense Force, you know, that group, we don't really get a, a sense at that point in the movie, like what they're doing there and why they're there. And I, you know, that's just classic Kitamura right there, man. <laughs> it's classic now. As much as this movie had the homages to uh, Godzilla movies, I mean, it was riddled with stuff from other movies. I mean, you just, you can't deny that stuff either. I We made a comment about the one where the the guy goes to sacrifice himself and he's and he's flying the ship in. I mean that was Return of the Jedi. That yeah. that was Return of the Jedi right down to the T. I mean that and that was Lucas's lost footage too because the Millennium Falcon was originally destroyed on its way out and and Lucas scrapped it and had him survive and I mean this guy was just the lost footage for that, you know. He how, stuffs it in the middle and the big explosion and How about Independence Day? I mean that exact same thing happens yeah. in Independence Day. Like yeah. and I don't even mean like Return of the Jedi is, is a similar scene, but like Independence Day was it Randy Quaid, right? Randy Quaid's missiles Randy are Quaid's locked. Yeah, character like even flies in the little plane, you know, it's just Yeah. Homage. Yeah, but I could go on for an hour just on that how bad that movie was. So yeah, we don't need to do that. Day. <laughs> this is not a show about Independence Day. Yeah, the, and the the whole mutant thing. I mean, it's almost like they were trying to go X-Men. Yeah. But, I mean, th these guys, they don't know. They didn't take it that far, which is like, why are they calling them mutants? It's like barely touched upon. You know, they just kind of, but they don't have any explanation from it. Mutanto. <laughs> Mutanto. Yeah, it's just kind of like, and that's like the problem with the whole movie. Yeah. You know, they just kind of like throw a bunch of s stuff in there and they don't really bother to... You know, go into much detail as to why. Yeah, I was really glad that the aliens on their home world and and wherever they they came from, they call that that one gene thing that they have the exact same thing that the humans do, the M base. Uh, you know? M base, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and what, weren't the aliens really? I thought they were robots. 
It did seem that way, right? Because uh, when they're when beating they, like, him up in the end of the movie, you hear like electric sounds, and sparks, and yeah, and they're robots with with it with a. And that reminded me of Godzilla versus King Ghidra from '91, when they've got all those androids in the ship. But I, I don't think they were actually supposed to be androids or robots. And then uh, when the uh, uh, the first guy that reveals himself. Or, I, I just thought, wow, this is like V from 1982. <laughs> really? Is that what they did in V? I didn't. I never saw that when I was a kid. Yeah, I I haven't seen the new one. But no, the the V thing was the same kind of way. Like when they finally get revealed, you know, it's to a, a massive crowd kind of thing. All right, so we've got another homage. Yeah, that I didn't even think about. Yeah, and you and Neo was all over that thing. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. X-Men, Matrix, Star Wars, Dragon Ball Z. What do you call that? Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan? There was a Driving Miss Daisy scene, too. (laughs) (laughs) Because Minya's in the back seat. (laughs) That totally seemed like comedy relief. Just the whole scenes with them in the the car driving. It seemed so random. Yeah, it it did seem like they shot those, like, like... after they were done, they're like, we got to have Minya in here. We forgot. Yeah. Let's hire this old man and this boy. Go to the country. We'll just shoot shoot something in a day. I, I'm going to give you the microphone back in a second, Jody, so you can tell me about the super cyan thing. But, uh, okay, so at the after party from Godzilla Final Wars, I got to hang out with Shinichi Wakasa, who is one of the suit makers. And he was asking me questions about, you know, how I liked the movie and, um, how I liked the monsters in the movie, and it was it was very easy for me to say you did great work on those suits because some of them were fantastic. And he was like, "What'd you think about Minya?" You know, I I thought Minya was ridiculous in the movie, but we were talking to the suit maker here, and I didn't know what else to say, so I said, "Well, my son Tiger absolutely loved him," and it's true. When Minya was on screen, Tiger was laughing his butt off. Really was. I mean, you know, he goes up, runs up to the car and starts like trying to open the door. He's like, Tiger was like, you could not, you could not hear because Tiger was just like, (laughs) that was very funny. I was laughing. (laughs) I was laughing for a different reason. But, But you know, he was as a suit. He was well built and actually actually had a lot of facial expression too. I want to know about the two guys that you met like the pimp and, and then the bum. Didn't you say no, they, no, no, were, no. they were the, at the, the after the party? The pimp and the cop. Oh, okay. The pimp, the and, pimp the and the cop were, were at the were at the uh, they were at the premiere. They were at the premiere and they were walking the were, red carpet. There, there was not actually there was a red carpet there. I walked the red carpet too, buddy. So wow. The uh there just there was no major yeah. I just walked on the side. <laughs> this is Henshin Online. This is back when I was the webmaster for Henshin Online. But uh, no, yeah, th- I met those guys briefly at the at the after party. Okay, so here's the story with that. If you're watching the movie, you'll notice that those characters are not saying the words that are coming out of their mouths. Well, they're dubbed, right? Aren't they? Yeah. This the story behind that is that well, those that's the actual actors' voices. But the story behind it was that when they were shooting it, Kitamura was like, yeah, just, you know, let it loose, man. Just like swear it up and say whatever, say whatever, you know, because they're 
uh, Australian guys, and they're imitating what they think Americans do in their free time, I guess. So that's a joke. The uh, the uh, they're you know they're doing what Kitamore is telling him to do, and he's telling him to keep keep pushing the envelope. And there's a lot of stuff being said that, that are that's not kid friendly. Well, you can see like the cop drops an f bomb. You can oh read yeah, it. they you both can drop f bombs. They both. But drop then you them. can say like, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a lot of dialogue was changed, I think what happened was they probably got a little too caught up in the act, and then later on they go, "Whoa, we can't reshoot that scene, <laughs> so we're just gonna redub it." <laughs> yeah, it was it was awkward actually, and you know from a from the standpoint of being a father and having a six seven year old at the movie with me i'm not going to sit here and do math right now when i'm i'm sitting with you guys but you know having a small child with me in the audience and like having gordon drop any kind of swear words i was like whoa what's that doing in a godzilla movie so you can imagine what would have happened if they had not redubbed those i think well, yeah. well, first off, it would have changed the rating in in America. Would have made it not kid friendly. They could have even just cut the whole scene out. Really. Oh yes, they could have. You know, you know, in that that scene, and a lot of the scenes in that movie are shot so well, from a technical standpoint, Martin. But they they do just the weirdest stuff with like they make the little whoop. Yeah, when, the when the hats blow fly off. off, you know. It, well, it just makes it into like all of a sudden you just start laughing. Well, like you I know, don't. I like, know he's a big fan of the seventies movies, but I don't know one time when they did that in the seventies. It's like an influence of like Looney Tunes or something. Totally. I'm going to ask each one of you a question about the movie, Jeff. Since you're already holding the microphone, if you had to say one of one thing in that movie that was your favorite, what what would you say you liked best about Godzilla: Final Wars? The look of it. And also uh, the creature design I thought was, like, pretty exceptional. You know, man, I only had one rule, and it was just say one thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't follow the rules, you bastard. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll say the creature design. Okay. Okay. Like uh, uh, King Ghidra. What was technically? what was Kaiser Ghidra. Kaiser Ghidra I thought looked great. Godzilla looks pretty good. But, you know, Mothra looks good, Rodan. Creature design, I would say. Nice, nice. Seeing all the older cre- monsters back together in one film with updated design work was really nice, though. There were a couple ones that I missed. I mentioned two before. Yeah. <laughs> kind of been nice to see Violante, but as you said, what? She would have died at my s- in so what? <laughs> even, in even quicker. <laughs> even quicker than she did in, in, in the 89 film, yeah. But, uh, like, okay, so talking about that, like, give me another monster that you would have liked to see in put you on the hot seat there well they kind of did a, a a little bit with mothra bringing mothra in kind of as an ally um it would have been nice if they had brought batra in bring them together you would never ever get an argument from me on that i love batra martin tell me one thing about this movie that you enjoyed i actually thought uh the fights were really good and not so much the the technical aspect of how the monsters were flying around or the interaction like that 
but it was the things like uh, the building impacts or when a monster was hitting the ground, the pyrotechnics and the and the debris and all of that stuff. That was really, really well done. In other movies, I can kind of see where the air cannon goes off and blows the dust and the debris and all of this. This one was done really, really well. They did an excellent job with that kind of stuff. This, the, the time when Godzilla is standing in that crater was an excellent job of a combination with... They had CGI in there, but they had a lot of real rubble that he was actually standing in. It was really good. Okay. Jody, are you ready? Um, I think overall, because I'm not hugely into the Godzilla thing, I enjoy watching the movies. I'm a very casual um, viewer, though. I enjoyed trying to name the different monsters as we're going throughout, and I really like Aegilus, and I like his, his um, where he's not on his knees when he's on all fours, where he's actually, like, on all fours, but then he can still stand up, and, like, so I, that goes into creature design, um, and I, I really like the way that the scene where he's basically used as a ball where he gets kicked around the and thrown around. Scene, yeah, 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 I love that. I think that's so great. It's I like, like it when Godzilla goes to reach for him and misses. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I almost want to hear like, Goal! Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 those are very enjoyable throughout the movie for me, little scenes like that with the different creatures. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. If I had to choose one thing that I thought was outstanding about this film, I would say, and I'm actually going to, point this towards Kitamura. I would say that Kitamura is great at directing action because even though it doesn't belong, some of the stuff in that movie doesn't belong in this film or a Godzilla film, in my opinion, he still did a good job of it. And so, I mean, everything from like when they turn the ship 180 degrees and some dude flies across the ship and bangs his head against the bulkhead, everything from that to like when, you know, uh, the two, the hero and the villain are fighting in the ship and behind him, Godzilla and Monster X are fighting in the exact same sort of pattern. It's just very well done. So kudos, Ruhe Kitamura. Does anyone else have anything they want to talk about this film? Go for it, Martin. Well, the the only thing that I say is, uh, like I I realize that I'm, I probably sound like a little extra critical or anything like that on it, but... I really, really love Godzilla Movie Night, so <laughs> oh, all right. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. So yeah, please don't stop. No, we we'll we'll do this again. So I have a question for you. Do I need to explain what Super Saiyan is? Oh yeah, so yeah. Do yeah. you understand that? Because um, I don't actually. I mean, I know what it's from. I know it's from Dragon Ball Z, right? right? But it basically the Saiyans are a race, and they power up. Well, that might take a minute to load. I actually pulled it up on my iPhone so I could show him uh, Vegeta powering up to Super Saiyan. And basically, they, like, they pull all their energy in and it shoots up and it makes their hair stand up straight. And Super Saiyan, I don't remember the different levels, turns gold at one point. But it's just like he powers up in that scene and then suddenly his hair standing up. And I'm like, oh my God, that's totally a nod to DBZ, you know? And he even had like kind of like gold colored energy flowing right. up. So like, to him. me, that was, that was a total nod towards that. So, I would say you've hit the nail on the head. That's right. Crazy. Wow, these guys are getting ready to do battle, it seems. <laughs> they always are. <laughs> and that guy looks totally different now. Oh, my gosh. Th- I want to thank everybody. Thank you guys all for coming out here. I'm very glad you all made it. Hopefully next time, Sane can make it out here. 
But uh, that's uh, the very first of many, 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 many months to come of Daikaiju discussions.